0: Hi, welcome to the podcast. And if you hear clicking in the background, that's my dog. I'm sorry. She's obsessed with me. (laughs) This is episode 23 of Untangled Faith. On this episode, Nathan and I talk about the links Ramsey Solutions leadership went to in an attempt to silence us.
1: The truth would hurt because the truth is ugly. I just wanted for myself to know that my motives were pure.
0: And I don't know how many people turned down the go away, quietly money. They turned it down. I think that scared them. Somebody came to the door while we were gone and he didn't answer the door. And the weird thing is, I assumed that it was somebody trying to serve us legal papers. Isn't that crazy?
1: I was wrestling with whether or not I needed to cut ties with all of those guys. Whether it was putting them at risk.
0: And I had seen the trauma on the faces of those guys, and I really felt like I had done that. This is Amy Fritz, and you're listening to Untangled Faith, a podcast for anyone who has found themselves confused or disillusioned in their faith journey. If you want to hold on to your faith while untangling it from all the things that are not good and true, this is the place for you. Today, Nathan and I share part seven of our Ramsey story. In May of 2020, shortly after sharing on my website more of why Nathan resigned from Ramsey, I knew we would need clear direction regarding if, how, and when we would need to do anything else in regard to our story. So I drove to Walmart and bought a blank journal and determined to pray over this every day that month. Inside the journal, on the very first page, I wrote out some questions. What is the right timing? Who is the right one to tell the story? What is our part? And who else does God want to save? So last time we talked, we talked about that year after you left and how we had waited almost exactly a year before I put out on my website, the story of like what happened and it still didn't have like every detail on there, but as much as we felt like we could share, we put there. Yeah. Then what? (laughs) (laughs)
1: then what indeed
0: and then may started and i got my journal it wasn't a prayer journalist a regular journal like blank journal you get and i decided i was going to write out my prayers in it every day i was going to pray every day um in may for god to like give us direction if there's anything else he wanted us to do part of it was because we had i would had several journalists reach out and ask if we were willing to go on the record That was a big deal. We just didn't know what we were supposed to do or what actually was going to come next. So we just decided to pray. Do you remember that?
1: I remember some walks where we were talking about some of the journalists that had reached out talking about like what is the, the just how that works, like how telling a story in the media, like what what changes that could bring about or like what would be the driving force behind that? Trying to make sure that that it was because we wanted the truth to be out there. And that we wanted the right things to come out of this. And and so that factored into like, which.
0: What were you worried
1: about? I worried that we might be seen as someone who just had a bone to pick. Claim that or that that we were like we had a vendetta or something. I guess bitter about being forced out. I suppose be how they'd say because it wouldn't be like they couldn't think that we were bitter for being fired because I wasn't fired. Right. Right. But it, I didn't leave by
0: choice. I mean, you weren't wishing you were still working there.
1: No, no, no. I mean, I'm just trying to what is the the wrong thing that could come out of it and it was the wrong thing was that someone could think that we were bitter, trying to do something to get back at the company or something. Right. I didn't want someone to pick up the story and run some salacious thing that would make it seem like we were just doing it to, to get back at them or hurt them.
0: It's all kind of tied together. You know, When I look at it right now, I think we were telling the truth and it would be weird for the argument against that to be like that the truth would hurt them.
1: The truth would hurt be- because the truth is ugly in this mm-hmm. situation. I just wanted to, for myself, know that my motives were pure. And so there was introspection through there just to make sure, like, to ask myself, look, like, okay, I know that I'm saying that it's because I want the truth to be out there, but is that actually like deep down? Is there something else that I'm not acknowledging that I really want to see happen? And so that was sort of where the introspection for me was coming from.
0: I think um, that's part of your personality is that yeah. you second guess yourself a lot. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us were sure what we should be doing. And
1: No, no. I mean, that's the whole the whole point of praying about it for so long, but yeah. what was I thinking about? And that's really what I was thinking about. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that my motives were pure and that our motives were pure.
0: Yeah, it makes sense.
1: And and that whoever we talked to was coming at it from the right place as well.
0: Yeah, we wouldn't have just talked to anybody, and we knew there had to be some very specific guidelines and boundaries around how, how it would all go. I was positive that the entire truth would come out someday, but as you can hear from Nathan's voice, we knew there would be a cost to sharing more explicitly. We also knew that our story was tied to someone else's story. That wasn't ours to tell. On May first, I wrote this: We want to help people see the truth. We want to have God rescue the people who love Him, and would never support this if they knew.
1: I think it was in the midst of all that that kind of the whole topic of like what would like what would be the the best end result, and that was uh, what would be the best end goal, and the best end goal would be repentance, and then ideally just getting out of the church market because like this mm-hmm. was a company that was saying that it represented jesus and was selling into the church but wasn't living up to that
0: um yeah it's interesting since i had got this book to journal out what i was praying i could see all these things i was just i was praying for their hearts to change i was praying for people to see the truth and and we knew that our friend that had come to see us was looking for a new job and on the 18th he went in and he resigned
1: was that the journal that contained the rescue list
0: I had some on there. I had some in another journal as well.
1: I couldn't remember if it was like when you started that journal that that was one of the things you put in that journal.
0: Yeah, I had started what I call a rescue list, list of people that we knew and cared about at Ramsey that we really wanted them to understand and, and that God would open their eyes to what was happening there and that they would leave. And this isn't a list of people we were not we were reaching out to. No,
1: no, that's and a crazy thing. Like We had a you. list of people
0: that we... We just prayed for them.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. If they, and if they left and eventually people on the list started to leave, it wasn't through anything we did. It was just through.
0: I would move people from one category to the other. Mm-hmm. People that I was praying for and then people then finally made their way out. It was, I was always happy to be able to add somebody to the rescued side of that list. I made a list of the people that I noticed leaving Ramsey starting with the time that I began praying for people to be rescued out of there. I have no idea what their average turnover was or if it was higher than typical. Still, I was happy every time I saw a name I recognized announced they had a new job. I paid special attention to what was said and not said. And often what wasn't said would speak the loudest. Typically, people had great things to say about their team, but weren't praising leadership or the company as a whole. Our friend resigned, gave his um, resignation on May 18th remember we went over to his house then that night?
1: Yeah, we sat in the driveway and chatted with them, didn't we?
0: Yeah, we just decided to be there. Yeah. COVID was happening, so we sat outside.
1: And we sat outside in their back, in their driveway, so the that driveway. we'd all be in the open air, and we just chatted for a while.
0: I wanted to be there with them on such a big day after they had been at Ramsey for so long, just to mm-hmm. let him talk about how he was feeling, him and his wife.
1: I remember sitting there and him saying... I don't want this to be the only thing that our friendship is based on is that we both used to work at this place together.
0: And since that time we've talked about that a lot, it's also led to some really good conversations just about life and Mm -hmm. your work life intersected with your faith and your personal finances. And so Mm -hmm. it was sort of interesting to see how that, that helped, how being able to talk through those things opened up some really interesting conversations and I was getting together regularly with his wife to run or walk. It was a really good time for us to be able to process together because, mm-hmm. you know, our husbands had worked on the same on the same team and had both been there for a really long time. And so she could finally talk to somebody about some things that she had been concerned about and she'd never been able to talk to anyone yeah. before. So that felt like a really, really good thing for both of us. It was
1: he is my most meticulous of friends. Yes. And so his departure was interesting. Yeah. In that, where he had done research, he had gone to the courthouse and he had pulled he talked information, to lots of people. talked to mm-hmm. people. Yeah. He didn't just take it on hearsay from us, he didn't just yeah. take what we had said without going and investigating it. And so he did as, as best he could. And, and when he left, he did so very clearly stating what it was that concerned him with a photocopies and things. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was interesting. Like it was, The complete opposite of my departure, where we were departing based on very limited information at that point, but a pretty clear feeling that something was off. And he was departing with very clear, uh, very clear justification for why he was. Yeah. Corroboration of all these things. That was huge for me too. A, to have someone hear us out, but also to have someone go and corroborate all of it and come to the same conclusion that I did.
0: That was a big day for their family because he had been there at Ramsey for a really, really long time.
1: Years longer than me.
0: Prayed for them over that whole thing. And I wrote in my journal, you know, that next day that he had resigned and just praying for God to show us what he wanted us to do for the our next step, if anything. Okay, let's zoom out a little bit. I want to give you a glimpse into the timeline of events that had happened that spring in regard to Ramsey. On March 12th, they announced the cancellation of their highly anticipated Ramsey cruise. And around that same time, some of their events were being moved to later dates because of COVID. On March 19th, an internal email was leaked to the local Nashville scene. It was a particularly stressful time for them. And then on May 13th, they fired an employee because his wife posted on Facebook that she was uncomfortable with how Ramsey was handling COVID. Ramsey offered severance if they would sign an NDA. This family refused. Five days later, on May 18th, our friend went into the Ramsey Solutions office and announced he was resigning, presented the leaders he talked to with the corroboration he had regarding the situation surrounding Chris Hogan. I believe this is one of the final events that caused Ramsey leadership to fear that they were losing control of their narrative. On the 20th, you and I went for a walk, like we do often at the end of your work day. <laughs> we walked around the neighborhood and we came home. I don't remember that order of... Ev- I
1: think Isaac was... Yeah, I think our youngest was concerned that, that someone had been here.
0: So, somebody came to the door while we were gone and they, he didn't answer the door. And the weird thing is, I assumed that it was somebody trying to serve us legal papers. Isn't that crazy? A little bit, but you weren't wrong. It was a courier. It wasn't somebody it wasn't like somebody working for a court serving court documents so we came home and then what happened the stress of the situation caused nathan and i to struggle quite a bit as we worked to piece together the details of what happened and in what order
1: i don't remember the details of what happened
0: yeah the remo- we don't because remember because it was the order. so stressful yeah it was i think isaac told us someone had been at the door and then your phone rang Or you saw you had a call from Greg. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Greg called and then.
0: Hold up. I know what you're thinking. Who is Greg and what does he have to do with anything? I'm glad you asked. Greg is a friend of Nathan's and they had worked together at Ramsey. And just a couple months prior to this date, Greg had left his job at Ramsey because he was offered a job at the place where Nathan was currently working. The only reason he left was because he was given a great opportunity he didn't really know the details of Nathan's resignation, and he was happily not thinking about the Ramsey organization at all. All right, back to the story. So what was Greg calling you to say?
1: Oh, that he had received a, a cease and desist from from Ramsey at that point. Uh, and his actually did say cease and desist. Ours, when we read it, when we finally got our email and looked at it, it didn't say c- cease and desist per se. It was just a firm reminder of my employee contract that I had signed in very <laughs> very legal terms
0: even though you no longer work there
1: yeah though the the contract as best i could remember then didn't really say much about after you left other than pretty typical language about preserving confidentiality
0: so what what were you thinking when greg told you that they that they got this letter
1: absolutely like flabbergasted because greg at that point yeah he had left the company and had joined the company that i was working at but From his perspective, it was literally just that. He didn't leave because of this situation that I left for. I mean, he left because he found a better job, as I understood it. So it didn't make any sense at all that he would have received this thing. And of course, we didn't know who all was receiving them. We had had that person come that Isaac had said he'd seen, which made it really seem like, okay, if he got one, then that might have been one for us at that point. And
0: then. So while Nathan was on the phone with Greg, I reached out to a couple of friends and I wish I could remember all the order of everything that happened, but i I just don't remember the order. but at some point during that conversation, we Nathan discovered that he had an email in his inbox from Ramsey, and it was the same sort of threatening letter. so we just assumed that it was most likely that the courier that had come earlier while we were gone was trying to deliver a physical copy of that letter and so we were trying to put together what in the world is going on because our letters weren't exactly the same. Nathan was working on trying to piece this together while he was on the phone with Greg. It was really, really bizarre. Shortly after that, I might've even messaged your leader's wife because she was my friend to say what had happened. It might've been that she said, you know what? We got a letter too.
1: Yeah, we got our email. I was just looking it up. We got our email at six o'clock that night. So at that point, we could compare what ours said to what his said. And ours didn't say the same thing as his.
0: Yeah, so um, it was really confusing. And then all within that time, we found out another friend had also received a cease and desist.
1: Our friend who had been fired because of things that his wife had said on Facebook about the company's handling of COVID. That had happened that same week or the week before that he had been let go.
0: So if you're keeping track of the number of families that have received letters during this compressed time period, it was our family, Greg and Lauren, Nathan's leader, and this other family that had just been fired that week. It took us us a while to figure out how all this was connected, right? And for sure, for Greg... And Lauren. Because he
1: had no idea what they were talking about at all. Yeah. And the other three of us all had basically identical ones, I think. Ours didn't ask us to cease or desist from anything, but had, yeah. I mean, it had the same very serious sort of scary tone. Three of us at that point were working at the same place. Yeah. But one of the four wasn't. Two of us had, uh, had left because of the whole Chris situation, but the other two had not. And Greg got the nastiest one of the bunch. And
0: and he knew the least. Knew,
1: he was the least anything. Like he just had found a better job. It was the craziest thing.
0: In some ways, it was so crazy. It felt funny. I remember laughing a little bit. And then, you know, I'd asked some of the wives if they wanted to like hop on a, like a text. And then I invited Melissa because she has legal information as a lawyer, you know, understanding she wasn't going to be our lawyer. She wasn't giving us official legal advice, but she could explain this is what this means. And this is how this works. It was the first
1: time I think that, that particular group of four people, had ever like, chatted together all at the same time. It was kind yeah, of yeah. It
0: brought all these people together. They didn't all even know each other until that moment. So then we're first of all thinking, you know what? We're just going to ignore it. We we considered ignoring it. I mean, this is bluster. Until I think it was the next day. I think we found out around that time that there was some meeting that had happened around the same time we got our letters. A meeting at the at Ramsey. And,
1: and it turned out it, it at. After the fact, it sounds like there were a couple different meetings, different sizes, different people. We did hear some funny things from a couple of people who are willing to reach out.
0: We've heard several different accounts from several different people about what went down and what was said in those meetings. Some of it was bizarre. Some of it was just so over the top. They had gathered together. Most of the people that had worked with these guys when they were at Ramsey, they said that Nathan and Greg and these other men were bad people and that, you know, Nathan and these guys were doing things to harm their income. You know, basically mentioning you, your leader who had left and Greg and this other friend, like we were all bad people doing something to try to harm the company, which is really bizarre. You hadn't done anything you know, we had shared our story we weren't group. <laughs> yeah, we weren't, we weren't working together. We knew
1: each other. And and three of us at that point were working at the same company. But know, it was
0: like we were some sort of like secret club. A coup had formed, you know, somebody had said there was some they said we were we had formed a coup. And it was bizarre. It was you had been gone long enough that it wasn't as awkward but around that same time weren't you supposed to like have a game night with some of your friends that were still at ramsey
1: oh i had i had game nights with my friends uh at least once a month and
0: wasn't there one that was right around the time that they had that meeting
1: so it's interesting so the 20th we were talking about the game okay uh because we were getting planned we we're getting set up uh someone had said something about there being a lot of work happening to so process over the long weekend that was the next day. We had one person who couldn't make it, so we canceled. But then it never came up again. Yeah. We we continued to play games. I, mean, up, I think we did two the next month, and we just picked up from there and yeah. continued to kill monsters.
0: How were you feeling during that time?
1: I was wrestling with whether or not I needed to cut ties with all of those guys. If the company was like sending this sort of like legal stuff, whether it was putting them at risk to continue mm-hmm. to come to those games and if that was selfish to like wanna just get together and and play these stupid games and if it was gonna put their jobs in jeopardy maybe it was better for me to just you know bow out but in the end after going back and forth and wrestling with it I decided that uh you know if if anyone ever asked me i'd I'd answer but i would I wouldn't bring it up I hadn't right. brought it up
0: and you weren't gonna uh, take yourself out of the group
1: yeah I decided to not be the one that took me out of the group
0: I remember that night. On the 20th that we got the letter, and that was the evening of, it was a Wednesday evening. Um, Thursday, we're still thinking, you know, maybe we'll just ignore it. We find out they had some sort of meeting where they said that we were terrible people. And we'd heard that possibly Greg was pegged as the leader of our yeah, group. He was apparently
1: leading this thing, which I'm sure was a shock to him.
0: Thursday night, we found out in talking with leadership at your company that a leader from Ramsey had set up a meeting with them to talk to them. Yes. And we were thinking, why? What? This is crazy. What does this even mean? And Greg was brand new to the company. You were still pretty new to the company. And just this whole idea that they would be setting up a meeting was really disturbing. Mm-hmm.
1: And so we were anxious to find out you know, what it was actually about. Yeah. And then it turned out that it wasn't just one person coming it was two or three people,
0: I guess came or called. It was during COVID. So, um, yeah. it was, it was done remote somehow, whether it was a phone call or zoom or whatever it was. I'm not sure who all was on there. We know if- For sure who one of the people was that was on that call. Mm
1: -hmm. And it certainly seemed a watch out for these guys. They're willing to say bad things about the company and they might do that to you kind of implication that we weren't trustworthy or that we weren't respectful, loyal. I don't know. uh, But it was certainly intimidating.
0: Since you were working from home, when you got the update then about how that had gone, I was sitting in our room while your office was still in our room. And I was sitting, listening, hearing their impressions from that call with Ramsey. It was terrible. Yeah, the impression that was left was that Ramsey was ready and willing to take legal action against us. How were you feeling after you heard after that meeting? Scared. Yeah. Up to that point, we're like, we're just going to ignore them. And now we're like, what?
1: At that point, we're reaching out to try to find a lawyer who could talk to us because we hadn't been given a very long timeline. It was a long weekend. There was our... Uh, vacation day in the midst of all this.
0: Yeah, it was right before Memorial Day. Not on
1: vacation. It was a holiday. Yeah, there's a holiday in the midst of all this. So we're trying to find someone who can advise us on a, who specializes in employment law. So we're like calling around to find any, anyone who could give us recommendations because we've never needed anyone like that before. So we had no idea who to talk to.
0: Yeah. And they would have to do conflict checks to see if they had any, any like ties to Ramsey. At the firm that we were trying to get advice from, in order for them to help us,
1: and so then because it's two days before a long weekend, we had a few that we just we couldn't get a hold of them. We couldn't hear back. We finally got one person who was able to zoom us from his house. Like yeah. kids running around in the background. Based Do you remember what
0: he said? Well, he said that it
1: was the equivalent of "That's a real nice bike you've got." There'd be a pity if someone were to you know wreck it or something like that. Yeah. That it was it was a very intimidating piece of paper that was intended to be very intimidating.
0: He talked us through several different options of responding, you know, that mm-hmm. we could ignore it altogether. and But if we were going to respond, he gave us some guidelines to think through and how to do that.
1: And in the end, I mean, we decided that we would respond and we would just respond and say, we're planning on obeying the law. We already are obeying the law. And we're going to keep obeying the law. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. We we said, you know, we're already complying with whatever we are legally required to comply with. So we didn't agree to anything. Yeah. We just said, here's your response. And then I decided to take my blog down because I was so afraid. Yeah. And I had seen the trauma on the faces of those guys that you were working with. And I really felt like I had done that to them. I was like, I will do whatever I can to, to de-escalate Dave at this point.
1: I'm not planning on selling source code or selling any- like, Or
0: telling anybody about proprietary company yeah. things. At
1: the same time, like that doesn't also mean that I can't talk about the fact that I disagreed with someone, this whole situation with the Chris Hogan situation. like That's not a comp- proprietary company
0: secret. I think it's they ridiculous. would like to say everything. Is <laughs> proprietary company secrets, but we were really, we were so discouraged, and so we had been scared, and we had this tight timeline to respond. It was really traumatic for all of us. I I could not believe that this had happened to us. It was horrendous, and I, I felt especially bad for the other people because I felt like mm-hmm. I was at least prepared that something could happen, but you know they hadn't been doing anything. So they were completely blindsided.
1: Yeah. You know, one of them had been trying to kind of put the whole thing behind him as best as possible. Forget the whole thing. And yeah, the other one literally had nothing to do with any of it. Just found a better job. The other one had been fired for his wife's completely innocuous Facebook post. I remember your leader...
0: Your leader's wife told me the guy that had reached out to your new company, I guess over that weekend then, he had been trying to reach out to your leader. And in the end, he basically said, well, you if you guys leave us alone, we'll leave you alone. And they hadn't done anything. You know, they were leaving them alone. It was
1: And I wouldn't say that you putting up a blog post is really a particularly egregious thing either. I mean, it was...
0: I felt like I had failed And taking it down, though, I felt I want to do something to deescalate the situation. But it just felt like such a a blow to go and unpublish it. And I kept it unpublished from, you know, the end of May until January of 2021, when I decided, you know what, I'm putting it back up, because that was when I had went on the record at that point.
1: At that point, there was a newspaper article that was talking about that and more.
0: Mm hmm. It silenced us for a while, though. It mm-hmm. it certainly scared us. And I felt like the answer to prayer in May was, this isn't the time. Right now is a time to just keep praying and waiting and see, you know, just keep praying that God would reveal the truth and to soften people's hearts at Ramsey. And that's what we just kept praying for.
1: In the meantime, it's now been about 18 months and our youngest is still afraid when a delivery person comes to the door that it's going to be something.
0: So we were silent About Ramsey, but those of us that had been sent the letters talked and processed and worked through all the trauma together. (laughs) That
1: group that didn't have a chat until that day when, because we -hmm. had been accused of having a group, suddenly we found it. Yeah, we
0: weren't a group before, but then Dave brought us together. That was a good thing that came out of it. It was lots and lots of what happened and trying to piece the pieces together I don't think we even had realized that it probably was all these things that had happened in a short period of time that started it off. And I think it was COVID was happening. I shared our story publicly and then, you know, your friend resigned.
1: With all of that evidence that he brought in. And then the other friend was fired.
0: Around that same time. And he had decided he wasn't going to sign an NDA, that friend. They Mm -hmm. They offered them an NDA with a very small amount of severance. They turned it down. And I don't know how many people turned down the go away quietly money, but they turned it down, which is a huge deal. I think that scared them because I think it sent a message to them. I think the message they receive were these are people that are going to talk
1: and we <laughs> want them
0: to not talk and we want to do what we can to make it so that nobody listens to them or believes them. And so that meeting was about, you know, attacking your credibility. Yeah. And sending a message to the people in the room about maybe you shouldn't, these aren't safe people.
1: This, like we, we knew these things. We knew it wasn't right. We knew that we had had to make a personal decision. But it was when a lot of it really became really real in a sense that we had already upended our life in order to do what we thought was right. Yeah. But it was when it became evident that the company was willing to do things. It upended beyond other just,
0: people's lives.
1: Yeah, yeah. It this is where it became like, oh, so we're not flying under the radar here. Yeah. Like we haven't been forgotten as we left and moved on that they're still keeping an eye on our blog or your blog are willing to dispatch couriers, just bring us scary letters to try to keep us in line. Like it went up a notch from thinking that, oh, maybe someday they might do that, to, okay, yeah, they are willing to do that. And if they're willing to do that, does that mean that they're willing to actually-
0: Yeah, we didn't know what they were willing to Sue us to for
1: something, even if it doesn't make sense, but to sue us for something so that we have to pay to defend ourselves and pay all that- the worst part. I think I think it also, hypothetically having to deal with even unjustified legal action, like hypothetically that could happen and, and, and we're okay with that. And we would- cross that bridge when we came to it is very different from actually having this thing in your hand mm-hmm. and it's got a deadline and you have to do something or dot 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 and you don't know what happens if you just ignore this thing yeah and you don't even know if you reply what might come of replying to this thing it very well could be that we reply and then there's a follow-up that asks us to do something or there's an- another thing that comes in the mail the next week so once that happened once now all of a sudden you've got to worry that it could happen again at any time Mm -hmm. Uh, since there was no like you had posted that thing but it wasn't immediately it was what about a week later and so it still felt a bit like a surprise a really nasty surprise it was several weeks later
0: (laughs) on june one i wrote in my prayer journal i'm disappointed in may (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I expected. I said, I started the month with courage that I would be brave enough to stand up to Dave. Three weeks into the month, Dave is threatening Nathan's job and his friend's jobs. And I folded. I didn't want to see our friends crushed, and I was afraid too. And I know now why people leave quietly. If they don't, Dave is willing to destroy them. And then I started praying for 100 people to leave Ramsey that month.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: And I was wanting 100 people to leave in June. I don't know how many people have left from, you know, the beginning of June when I started praying about that until now. That would be interesting. Conservative estimates tell me that at least 150 people left the Ramsey organization during the 12-month period that started on May 1st, 2020. It's very probable there were more. So why would we share about this particular situation? Why share about something that the Ramsey leadership did that hurt and traumatized our family and others? Won't they know our Achilles heel now? Couldn't they go after us again? The short answer is yes, they could go after us again. But here, this longer answer. Here's what we've learned about the Ramsey playbook. Number one, they love to operate in the dark. By shining a light on their abuse, it helps protect and prepare others, and it takes away some of their power. The second thing I've learned is that it doesn't matter what we do. We learn from this experience that it appears Ramsey leadership is willing to harass someone's new employer, even if they have no evidence that person ever did or said anything. That's what happened to our friends. Not doing anything doesn't protect you from someone who isn't acting reasonably. So by God's grace we speak the truth. In the end, the truth wins. Let the light expose the darkness. And one would think that a company whose very name, Lampo, means light would have no fear of the ones who turn on the lights. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Untangled Faith Podcast. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you who support this work on Patreon. Our Patreon members have access to bonus audio. This week's bonus audio is a conversation with my youngest son about how he has been impacted by this experience. Members also get access to transcripts, a monthly live stream, and other exclusive behind the scenes info. For information, visit untangledfaithpodcast.com/member. If you enjoy the show, it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast app. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Untangled Faith. On Twitter, I'm Faith Untangled. On the next episode of Untangled Faith, I am thrilled to share with you a conversation that I had with Greg and Lauren Thillman. Yep, the Greg you were introduced to in this episode.
1: And I spent two months probably like trying to figure out how to begin to have a, a relationship again when they had just heard a bunch of stuff about me that is not true coming from a source that they're still, they're still employed by. At the time of our lives when we really, really needed support, we were being blamed as a victim.